man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day. Welcome, everybody, to the 14th of March, 2022. Can't believe how quickly the year seems to be going by. It's uh, been very mixed weather. We've had very hot days. Then we'll have a day of rain. And I'm told we're going to have about a week of rain. But uh, it is a rice-growing area, Valencia, which is, of course, why we have our paella, or the paella, as they call it in England. And um, basically, um, I think the quickest thing to do is to get on a plane, go about two and a half hours towards Wirral, and pick up Don Woods. Don, uh, obviously, uh, I've described our weather. Apparently, you've got some good weather over there, haven't you? Yeah, it's nice today, Vince. Lovely. Nice to see you, mate, again each week. As you say, the weeks fly by. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like yesterday we were chatting, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's lovely today. It's blue skies. It's going to be nice today and tomorrow. Um, and that's as far as I ever go with the forecast because they never get it right after that. But uh, it's it's looking yeah it's nice nice really nice today but a change okay and well. um, we've had it's been sunny here or, or not 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 wet but very cold the wind's been really cold you know if you can get out of the wind it's quite nice you know but it's the wind's bitter you know at the yeah. moment so okay. that's it well um, let me just uh, start off by saying uh, I, I think in this time these times you've got to just pay some sort of tribute to the sufferings of, of these people that are displaced after uh, what's going on in Ukraine. So uh, I'll make the point that uh, we're trying to lighten and get away from this horrible situation. But please don't ever think that we don't care because we do. And that having said, um, Don, we're going to go to something called Rock Till We Drop to start with today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. As I say, I agree with you, Vince, about this uh, this business. It's just, it's unbelievable, mate. And what is what is sad about it all? There's so little you can do, really. You know, that's of any use. You watch the news; it's awful. But as you say, you know, we we care, we care very much. I do. I feel very sorry for them all. Anyway, on a lighter note, um, "Rock Till We Drop" is a program. Have you seen it, by the way? I haven't. Um, I don't know. No. Where will I find this? Is it? Is it on? It's on BBC Two on a Tuesday night. Okay. Um, it's a it's it's a program where so-called stars of of rock and roll have chosen uh, several members of the of the public musicians, old musicians between sixty-five and eighty-five. Wow. Uh, to form a band, and and they've uh, people have, have have applied for this, and they've chosen uh, several of these musicians. And the idea, it, it was last year apparently, but nobody knows how it how it ended up. Uh, the idea is to have them uh, f- performing at the Isle of Wight Festival to uh, well, have hundred thousand people. <laughs> so, wow! So there you go. Um, now. Well, I watched this, and one of the chaps, there's a drummer, 
in it in a wheelchair and he's a friend of ours he he, he comes down to the weekly jam sessions or, or he goes to the one in liverpool a fellow called archie davis who i know well and he's a drummer they've got him in and they've got all these other old guys and, and a, a woman who's 77 she looks good for 77 so they got them all together which is fine but they've got martin kemp who who is one of the experts in very big inverted commas uh he's from um the uh, what were they called the uh, mm, uh spando bally no bally yeah rubbish and uh his mate who, who's called chap chapman uh i think he's might be a songwriter or something looks like sergeant bilko uh <laughs> so they get these together in the first one and archie davis tells him he, he, he he's played rock and roll in all these bands but he doesn't like reggae he said he doesn't like reggae right? he, he, he doesn't get it so off they go now you would think wouldn't you the first question when you get all these together i think there's two bands there's martin camp this fellow looks like sergeant bilko and two others i'd never heard of uh, a, a dark girl and a, a, a dark fella they're, they're sort of you know, they're into the uh, groove or grunge or whatever the hell they call it. Now, you've got these old guys who have played rock and roll. You know, they've played rock and roll. You'd think the first question would be, let's find a song that you all know and that you've played. You'd think that would be the first question, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try a bit of reggae. Of course, Artie's uh, completely lost. So he just chucks his sticks over his shoulders. <laughs> this is the rehearsals, by the way. And uh, there's four in the series. Eventually, they're going to end up in um, in the Isle of Wight. Now, I, I thought, you'd think they'd find a song. And she goes, oh, well, right. Oh, if, if, if you can't do that one, um, we'll try um, Red Red Wine. You know, well, that's a reggae one. Isn't it the way they do it? Yeah. So, all oh, right. So, right, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. All, all right now. All right now. You know, they're tough songs, you know, if you've never played them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, then they're all losing it, getting really brassed off with it all, all these musos. And they have a drummer in, another drummer. There's two, there's two of each set. He's 95, cool. this guy. 95. Nice fella. And he's an ex big band drummer but the guy's 95 <laughs> you can't play all day when you're 95 you know it's hard enough now people think it's oh he's only playing the drum and of course he drops out in the end because he, he was he was he couldn't handle it you know yeah nice guy yeah. shame but you know imagine picking somebody what are they on these people anyway they eventually get i'm, I'm th thinking they've got to think of a song that they can play and this girl one of the girls uh judges whatever she is she says how about angels by robbie williams oh that's, that's one oh, of the oh, oh, it's a ro rock till we drop <laughs> angels by robbie williams which is rubbish anyway uh don't get me going on robbie williams put him on my list okay anyway <laughs> but you know this this was the program and i'm thinking these are supposed to be ex i don't know how it's going to end up i'm assuming that all this is for effect you know Artie with his wheelchair the drummer I'm assuming this is perhaps all for effect and, yeah. oh, we can't yeah. get this song off. And, and in the end, it'll go well. 
but you're going to put them in front of hundreds of thousands of fans, you know, on, on a, a show where there's professional bands. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Don't miss it. Tuesday well, night. No, I, be... I, I will look for it. And even as you're talking, I would have thought something like I Shot the Sheriff would be the, the first song I would think practically everybody I ever go to a jam with. They all seem to know that one. Um, I mean, Angels isn't even a, a, a reggae yeah. song. You pick something that's well known, don't you? Well, you see, he does. He doesn't want reggae, Archie Davis. He's, he can't play. I don't know why, because it's there's nothing nothing simpler than reggae. But you'd think they'd pick a rock and roll song, a Chuck Berry song that they've all done. They're all in their seventies yeah. or ones ones just under seventy. You know. That, what are they like? They haven't got a clue. These uh, Martin Kemp, he just Martin Kemp should just stick to act, acting, you know, because he didn't have a clue about anything. Mm -hmm. And and he's he's trying to tell this this uh, guy that the, you know that the, they're going to let him go. And, and he's sort of he doesn't know how to tell him. I mean, you just say, well, you're not good enough, aren't you? You know, that's how it's, this is show business. You know, it's not a matter of being nice. If you want to get on the stage. And do it, you know, and put it on your well, CV. Well, I remember, you know, in, in the in the 80s, um, mm -hmm. I can remember they brought these synthesizers out and, you know, keyboards that could do all sorts of things. So I, I started learning to play keyboards. And I remember them telling everybody that there was never going to be any more guitars. The guitar was finished. And yet, really, you can see that the guitar is the is the staple for virtually any good band, you know, that um, is doing a jam. You've got a couple of good guitarists. That's what they do. And, and the keyboard players are very, very far and few between. And almost like uh, when they do turn up, they just want to stay in the background, you know, whereas when you get a really good keyboard player, of course, you know, you've got different type of music, haven't you? Yeah, well, they've got keyboard. They've got a woman keyboard player. She's an ex-headmistress. She's an old lady. She's a good player, but she's not a rock and roller. No. You know, the fella's showing them. She she, she sits down with the piano, and she just does, does these fantastic runs, like like classical stuff. And the guy's saying, no, he says, what you need is you need to go bum, bum. She, he's showing her how, how to play rock and roll. Well, you know, what's she doing there? You know, it's <laughs> it's just, it's such a stupid program. It's worth watching, as I say. It, it's, it's entertaining. But I, I can't believe that these experts, they haven't got a clue. You haven't got a clue how to handle people. You nope. know, I mean, if I was there, I'd say, right, let's get a song we all know. You know, let's get a key we can all play it in, or you can all play it in, and then, you know, and, and go from there. But they keep picking these songs out that nobody knows. They've never played them. You know, and they've got a couple of weeks to go before they're on in front of 200,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not a, not a good idea. No. But what, they, what they've overlooked as well is the fact that it's all right saying, oh, I'm going to play the other way. When you are, on the day you're going to play in front of a crowd like that and you see them, you know, you've got to be a, a certain type of person to handle that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't know what will happen there. It'll be interesting to see how it, how it works out. It's probably all right. But Artie won't tell anybody, you see. He's, he, he's, he keep, he's got to keep stum, you know. I'm, so I'm know definitely going to try and pick that out on Tuesday. Uh, oh, it's worth watching. Yeah, it, it sounds great. And certainly, be, because obviously I like going to jam sessions, it's ba based around that. Then I'm thinking, 
the the quickest way you get on and play music is, is you pick a song like Route 66, exactly what you say, something, you know, a Chuck Berry-type number that everybody can just chug along to. Um, last That's night, surprising. by the way, um, I, I watched, uh, just happened to be looking at TV, which was awful, there was nothing on, um, and then uh, they. It, there's just three little letters on. I think it was BBC Two, Ali. So um, I thought it would be something, you know, some um, I don't know uh, Asian things. But I said, well, have a quick look. It was only the, the life story of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, yeah. And it yeah. was it was very very interesting actually. You know, it really uh, was. It showed you a lot of the politics that went on in his career behind the scenes that affected him. But again, you see, thinking of the BBC, thinking of the, the listings, wouldn't you have thought Ali, the life story of Muhammad Ali, you, you know, at least let us know what it is so that yeah. we'll have an idea? Because there's, you know, I didn't really fancy watching a, an Indian curry programme or something like that. You know, I just felt that it was, um, anyway, I'll, I'll see what the detail is. And then when the detail came up, great. In fact, it was... Yeah. Um, it was Will Smith, I think, who was the um, uh, play, uh, yeah, film, yeah, very, very, very good actor. I've got the trouble to... is, what you've got to bear in mind, and I discovered this last week. There was a young girl in the gym who, who said she's seen some of my stuff on on uh, YouTube, and she she writes poetry. So I said, yeah, well, you know, get it on YouTube. Well, she said, I, I don't want it in case people don't like it. I said, well, that doesn't matter. You know, I said, if people don't like it, if you put a lousy comment on, you just delete the comment. I said, because anybody that criticizes me is wrong, as far as I'm concerned. She burst out laughing, you know. And I said to her, I said, you know, I wrote a song. That I was giving her the example. I said, for Blackpool, uh, Blackpool Council. And they didn't want it. So I gave it to Norman Wisdom. Now, listen to this. She said, she looked at me and I said, Norman, you don't know Norman Wisdom, do you? No, never heard of him. She's never heard of Norman Wisdom. She's 30. Doesn't make and sense, she's that. Never heard, she's never... It's like Muhammad Ali, you see. They don't... The, the youngsters are 30. It's 1990 she was born, you know, or thereabouts. And I was telling her the things, and she... Lovely girl. And she she doesn't remember anything. And I was telling her about David Alexander and Googie the Liverpool Duck. <laughs> Bro, why, miles over her head. You know, anything from the 70s and 80s, they, they don't know about very, you know, and, and I learned my lesson there. I thought, that's very interesting, that. Well, well, it is very interesting because I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you something even more uh, connected to two things we've been talking about. Um, one is the fact that it isn't always just the age. The, 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 the fact is over here, we have people. Now, the, the people that were running our radio station, there was an American lady, very nice, and um, her husband, who was also, you know, good Nice people, but not the experience, you see. And he'd been down in Devon. I don't know exactly what his career had been, but it wasn't radio. And they'd just got hit, fallen on radio uh, out here in Spain and got this opportunity. Well, um, you know, when I started working for them, um, th there was one particular event where they were going up to a big golf club and um, Norman Wisdom was going to be there. So Hugh said to me, uh, just uh, I'll phone in and basically when he's there and when he's ready, just give him the mic, open the mic and uh, just let him do what he wants to do. 
So um, I thought, well, okay, that that doesn't really make sense to me. You know, you, you, it's not professional broadcasting. So I didn't sort of say too much at the time, but I thought, no, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to just let him do anything because if he gets to the stage, as as I know I'd seen and heard him, that he gets rambling, then it's going to make people think that he's not very good, and it makes him look bad. So I'm not mm. going to let it get like that. So there was a point when I had to sort of curtail the interview. Now, concurrent to this event, I also had Paul Melba, who, as you know, was a great impressionist, and he was going up to play golf at this event. And because there were people there that I knew from uh, from Liverpool Football Club, Roy Evans, the manager, who, who wasn't the manager, obviously, by the time that this event was taking place, was going to be there. So I asked Paul if he would do me a little five-minute insert into the programme, you know, just to let me know how it's going. And apparently, um, you, you know, the station managers were quite annoyed by the fact that uh, I'd got something that was even more relevant. Uh, instead of sort of being overjoyed that I've got all the contacts and everything, which goes to this point about if you've not got the experience you make a right hash of something that can be really spectacular if you do it right. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think, it, I mean, in essence, I'm going to look forward to listening to this programme or watching the programme because um, I like to see older people do things and show their experience. So I look forward to seeing that, Don. Yeah, as I say, they're not very impressive, the, the musicians. I must say, well, one of the fellows can play. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth watching. But it's fascinating, though, isn't it? You don't realise that 1990 was like 30-odd years ago. It's hard to... You don't realise when you're telling people and kids are looking at you, you know. I mean, 30, she's a mother. She's got kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't remember things. I'm thinking, oh, my. But she was lovely. I'm going to... If I see her again in the gym, I'm going to... To tell her how to get her poetry on uh, on, on, on things. She's not a really nice girl. I like her very much. Well, this this yeah. this will link very well with our next uh, point, which is about dodgy children's programs. Yeah. Now they had something on Facebook, and it was it was Blue Peter, I think, way back in the day, and they were saying this was actually on the television and he's saying to the girl, would you like to play with my tinky winky? And she said, Oh no, no, I played with your tinky winky last night. And I'm thinking, Oh God, you know, but when you think back, the things they got away with, I mean, Captain Pugwash, as I was saying, you know, you've got Captain Pugwash for kids, this is for kids. You got Master Bates, who's yeah. is is, yeah. is uh, first in line. Seaman Staines, oh. who's his first in line. And Roger, the cabin boy. You know, I mean, when you think about that, these blokes obviously must have been doing it on purpose, see if they could get away with it. And it was on kids' television, which in a way shows you how thick the people who are putting the programmes on are. They just don't get it do they? they don't see when it was because it was taken off in the end but i thought that thing with blue peter i thought dearie dearie me mm. and, and it was all innuendo all of it all, all the whole program and and he's sort of looking at her, so kiddie you know she's not going to play with me tinky winker though bloody hell you forget about it you see because now it's, it's everything's been cleaned up hasn't it but uh um, well, has it, was, it though I mean, you know, you say that, but I mean, there is so much exposure 
for young children really to, to sort of look at that yeah. really it's it's hip, hip, hypocrisy because you know you can say oh yeah we're we're, we're tightening up on all the uh, presenters and the content and everything and quite rightly when you're pointing these things out i, I remember seeing a program about some of the things that um you know doodle doodle and zebedee and all that sort of gang as well but these were all Arty farty students, weren't they? That went to Cambridge yeah, yeah. and Oxford yeah. and uh, the, the you know the the art school, and basically you can see quite frankly that um, y- you know they were probably having a great laugh at others' expense, and of course yeah, that's, right. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You've hit the nail right on the head there. You know they're doing it for their own benefit to watch it on television and laugh their heads off. You know, and really. It's 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 wrong, isn't it? They're making fools of people who haven't got a clue, you know, on the other end who are putting it on. You know, yeah. you're right. Well, I mean, it's like this week I had to uh, and wanted me to get some eggs because basically we'd run short. So I had to go to this little shop in uh, Denia and ask, uh, have you got any eggs? So uh, you say, Tienes huevos, which is basically, do you have eggs? And, of course, I could hear these two fellas chuckling in the back, knowing full well that there's an expression uh, that, um, you, you know, you, you, you haven't got any balls, so to speak, you know. And, of course, um, the, the girl was sort of half smiling. And uh, so I quickly said to her, look, I know there's an expression, but I do need I do need eggs. So do you have any? And she pointed them out to me. And you could see the face of these two other Spanish people who basically thought I was some uh, giddy, were called. If you don't come from uh, Spain, you're, you're a giddy. Um, you know, they thought that this, um, this way that they could have a laugh at my expense w- was, um, you know, quite... O- it, it was like open. You know, it's, it's, it's like hunting season for tourists. <laughs> you know, I, I remember my son Richard, who'd been in Spain for a long time, he, he said to me, um, learn this expression. So it's tan cuidado con tus palabras, giddy. No soy un, uh, no soy un typico giddy. So be careful with your words, mate, because, you know, I'm not a typical tourist. So my yeah, son definitely. taught me that. And um, th- there's an expression, puta madre, which is, you know, the F word. But it's like our F word in English. If you say it in a nice way, God, that, that was superb you know and the f word goes in but yeah, if, yeah. You, if you say it aggressively it totally changes yeah. the sense of it doesn't it and some yeah, guy right. this this um this spanish guy came to see the cabaret and the, he said De puta madre you know um and of course i had only heard the expression that my son had told me so i kicked off on him you know saying it in, in spanish hey be careful with you with your words, mate. You know, I'm I'm not a, a typical tourist. And he's going, no, 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 no. He said, I meant it was very good. <laughs> so you yeah, do. Yeah. You, you That's know. right. That's right. Yeah. As I say, the F word can be used, you know, in many many ways, can't it? You know. Yeah. I'll tell. Well, well, well. I think on just a quickie. I, I was telling somebody yesterday. We're having a laugh. When I was working in Birkenhead in, in the in the trading standards, I was at my desk and we were, we had this little little uh, office at the end of the street, and some plaster fell down on, on my desk and I looked up and there was, there was somebody on the roof, 
So I thought, God, blimey. So I rushed out and I said, hey, get off the roof. And, and this young lad, about eight, jumps off the roof. And, and he shouts back, F off, you old, old whatever, you know, it's a C word. And, and I shouted down, hey, never, never mind about the old. <laughs> and this woman was brushing their path, collapsing in laughter. <laughs> I wasn't bothered about the swear when he called me old. Yeah. I was 35, for God's sake. I was telling this bloke this, and we were laughing our heads off. This kid, you know, and I said, I'm, I'm not bothered about him falling through the roof, but he would have fallen on me because the roof, the roof is hardly just about there. You know, it was, it was an old building. Yeah, just that I'd throw that in. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, let's go to one of the greatest amounts of space on TV at the moment, cookery oh. programmes. Oh, oh man. I watched one. I don't watch them, but I thought I'll watch it so I can talk to you about it. And, do you know, I don't get it at all. You see, they're, they're making this sort of, it's like an egg with, with like a cherry on it. And, 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 you know, this is a course. You could pick it up with your spoon and throw it down and that's it. You see, to me, a meal is all on one plate. I like to see it all and gobble it down <laughs> as quick as possible. You know, oh, yes. See, when I was at this place I used to start, a holiday place, they had a bloke there telling me about how wonderful this restaurant he'd found and the food is beautifully presented. In other words, there's about six courses which you can eat with 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 like one one go, a fork, you know. It's sort of fish surrounded by... And this was on this, and I'm thinking, what a load of tripe. And they had a guy who, when I was in Wales, uh, staying in Wales... He was telling me about this place in Anglesey. It was beautifully presented, the food. You won't get much change out of 30 quid. And I said, what for the meal? And it, so I took him to Weatherspoons, and him and his wife <laughs> got, got two steak dinners and a bottle of wine for 17 quid. And he was saying, is this just for the wine? I said, no, that's for the lot, but it's beautifully presented. <laughs> no, I mean, what, I, it, it's, what a stupid rip-off, isn't it? All the, all the different courses, just put them on a plate. You're only going to eat them. You know, like you, you, you have your first course, which takes about four seconds to eat. One go, gulp. That's your first course. And then you wait then. You're waiting for the next course. I don't get it at all. And that's what this program was about on the television. And he's judging that, this fellow with the long blonde hair, judging, you know. Oh, yes, it's not quite right. It hasn't quite got... I'm thinking, for goodness sake, just get it down here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm with you because um, I, I remember when I was back in Cornwall uh, at the college and uh, we had a big catering department because obviously with it being a tourist area, you know, big uh, catering college. And they, they said they wanted us to um, uh, go and be uh, guests at the, you know, the diners at the, at the catering college. So um, I thought, okay, well, so we didn't eat. So Anne and I went to this meal and they did a, a blue ribbon thing, you know. So mm. a, a farting little piece of steak comes out, you know, and basically a dribble of some sort of sauce and no vegetables. And I was thinking, well, is that it? 
And of course, the thing is, you, you know, we got up completely and utterly still hungry. I had to go and buy a big bag of chips on the way home, you know, <laughs> which, which of course, it's, it's pretentious as well because it's like now where we live, uh, Denia, which is sort of the, the next big town to us is uh, very, very pricey. You get all the boats coming in, you know, people on big yachts, uh, people with people with money come to this town. And yeah. so they think they price everything accordingly. And on, the trouble is, you see, I'm still very North Country. I like value for money. And there's no reason you should go anywhere, really, and not get a, a very nice meal for 15 euros. I, I, I don't care, you know... Um, where you go, you should get a good meal for that. And I f can always find somewhere between 10 and 15. I mean, there's even Chinese restaurants here where you can get a decent meal for five euros. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's snobbery, isn't it? It's snobbery. Oh, yes. Oh, we only eat it so-and-so. They're getting ripped off. It's yeah. like pubs now, pubs. I, I, I'll tell you what, my first wage packet when I first started work would not buy a pint of beer now. My wow. first wage packet was four pounds, eight shillings. That was my first wage packet. A pint is now four pound 50. Mm. So in those days, that, that, that's, uh, I mean, it's a long time ago, but I mean, that, that's the thing. You see, you can get a pint in Weatherspoons for a couple of quid. You know that. Well, how, um, and you say, well, how can they do it? And the pubs can't. Oh, well, they get it in bulk. Well, why don't the pubs get it in bulk? And they're going on. Save your local. But people still go. I mean, you get a round of drinks, four drinks. You know, it's like 20, nearly twenty quid. You know, for mm -hmm. four four beers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're wondering why. Oh, save your local. They're all. And it's only rip off. They're all capital. Everything goes up <clears throat> when something goes up. Oh, there's a shortage of petrol. Oh, we put the put the price of of beer up you know it's all like yeah. everyone's capitalizing on it all and it will fall apart because people will start drinking at home which is what i do i don't go to pubs i drink i drink at yeah I, 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 I tend to be a bit more that way but i mean it, it's like profiteering isn't it and as you said the minute yeah. there's a war you know then the, the, you can get all sorts of uh, people it's like um, with Ukrainian, the first thing that um, apparently has gone up is sunflower oil. Um, you know, and a lot of people do actually use sunflower oil for, for cooking. Uh, we yeah. don't. We don't. So luckily, you know, I, I can pass on this one. But the price is already going up with the uh, with the sunflower oil. And then I noticed that they've managed to um, put the price of the gas up straight away. Well, I mean. They're still probably all working through old stocks, so I'll be very surprised that really they're, they're paying more for it just yet. Although, why don't they just go and get uh, the, the, the oil from somewhere else? Why should Saudi Arabian oil suddenly be any dearer than any other oil? You know, I mean, I just find it very, very... Um, uh, well, I shouldn't be surprised because you know damn well that's what they're going to do. So That's right. Yeah, they just cap they just capitalize on people. You see, they don't care. You see, that that's what gets me with trade. I worked as a trading standards officer, as you know, back in the day, and the, you'd meet them. They don't care. They, they, you know, the the car salesmen. You know, not a lot of them are okay, but some of them, you know, they, they just want to sell the car. They're not bothered whether, you know, I mean, they're all over you until you don't want the car, then they just walk away. Yeah. And, you know, 
and don't talk. You see, they don't. Some people did. It's nice to see people that do care about other people because I care about other people. You know, if I if I get or when I used to get booked in the band, I used to give good value. You know, and that's it. Yeah. You know, but no, I'm I'm, you know, the, I'm the same totally with you. In fact, even as you're talking, I'm thinking of when I go to a restaurant and there's a nice waiter. Now, uh, we we often have the, the ones that seem to be really good are often uh, young Spanish uh, boys and girls or men and women, and also the South Americans that work here. They, yeah. I mean, it's like they have this knack of possibly because it's the family. Um, we went to this place the other week, and this young girl, she couldn't do too much for anybody. I thought it was just our table, and then I noticed, uh, you know, looking at the way she was uh, dealing with other people, she just knew how to look after people, and that's a quality. It's not something it's a- that you, you don't actually. You, you you learn it, but then it's hard work putting it into practice, and you don't yeah. get certificates for it. I used to always say, I used to have uh, lots of really good YTS kids, maybe not always the brightest, certainly academically, but their attitude was good, you know, and they would go that extra little bit of effort to keep yeah. people happy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. You see, it's like with girls, uh, when, you, when you're a certain age like me, you know, you look at young girls, and not not in that way. You look at them as well. You know, thing that because that never changes. But you look at young girls, and the, the ones that smile, some are smiley and and they're girly and they're lovely. You know, it, it, like you watch the television, like Bargain Hunt. I watch Bargain Hunt. You have a couple of young girls on trying to buy antiques you know and they're hopeless and, and it's great you know they're just great entertainment and lovely smiley faces that that's it you know that's what that's what i like with, with youngsters and and as you say when they're serving you you go you go to, if it when i do go to a pub which is rarely you know you get a girl comes and brings a beer over and they're really nice you know sweet that that's it but you know but it's it is it is an art i think you if you can do it naturally, I think that that's where you're gonna you're gonna win over, isn't it? Well, but it's just ripped off. Everything's getting we're all getting ripped off all the time. It's terrible. No, I agree with you, and I think the the nicest thing is somebody that gives you good service and good value. If you get both of them, then I really feel like I've enjoyed spending my money. But I hate I hate coming out of a place where you know everybody sort of uh, you've got a, um, a few people who spend in those type of places and they're all enthused about how wonderful it's been and really when you think of it it's been ordinary and not particularly great service and yeah. and i mean it's like uh, there's one thing here we have the paella now i don't like I'll call it paella. We know where we are then. Um, I don't particularly like it, you know. I mean, hey, I got I got all level Spanish. You're all right. <laughs> I know that I know an egg is a huevo. You know. Okay, come on. Well, come yeah, on. but I mean, seriously, it's it's like you go to some places, and I mean, they've got all sorts in there: bits of rabbit, bits of. Uh, old uh, fish they found somewhere, um, something they found on the road. It, it puts it all goes in the paella because because basically that's where the the dish started. It was all the odd odds and ends, and you know because like everybody, when when you haven't got a lot of money, you don't get all the best things, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't. And the rice, I always tend to put um, a bit of weight on when I eat rice. The next couple of days, I'm fighting to get my weight back down. And so I'm not a big fan of the paella. 
and uh, you go to places and they go, oh, you know. And then the fellas come in with this great big uh, cooking pan, the big paella uh, p- pan they work on it's impressive because it's a bit it's a big frying pan but i mean you know a big pan of chips would be just as impressive for me exactly <laughs> yeah that's exactly right and paella that's uh, but you see i suppose if if you go on holiday to spain people do that you see if i go when i used to go on holiday to spain I never used to have Spanish food, you know. I'd have what I know, and yeah. what I know it is, you know. That's the trouble. I'm still a um, bit that way. I'm mean, even after all the times I've been here. I, yeah. I, Anne is a particularly good cook. I I really enjoyed the meals that she makes. She she's oh the 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 omelette she makes are to die for. So, you know, mm. she'll sort of embarrassingly she'll go. You don't mind having a, a, an omelette again? I say no. I love the omelette. You know, and it's it's like you know I do like homemade meals. Um, because I just don't like going out, spending a fortune, and knowing the food's not a patch on what we have at home, you know. Right, well, to be honest, I cook, I have to cook for myself now, and I've learned to cook, and it's not that difficult the way you can buy food. You, you can buy food now, and really, you just stick it in the oven, you know, and like steak, you can put it on the George Foreman grill, you, you can make, you know, and it's... It's good. It's easy. You know, in fact, if you can put a couple of those omelets in an envelope and send them to me, I'll, <laughs> I think I think I'd enjoy them. But, you know, I mean, I, I could never cook, you know, but I've had to I've had to learn. And and it, it, it's OK. You know, it's, I quite enjoy it, to be honest. It's very strange. And you can have starters, you, you know, it, it, things like um, um Oh, prune cocktail. Can I prune oh, yeah, cocktail? cocktail yeah. Stuff like that. Salt, salt and pepper. Prune cocktail. It's great, you know. And you think like, well, I'm gonna, I'll be paying a fortune for this if we went out, you know. And it costs the whole thing costs about three pound fifty, you know, for the for the thing. And it's got, and, and then I follow it with it, a shot of rum, and about three uh, cans of beer of ale. <laughs> You know, which which are a pound each. That's the worst. That's the worst of being health conscious, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. <laughs> I well, tell you, I go to the gym every day, sir. So I I don't feel guilty. I, get no. to, I go to the gym every day, work out, and then at night uh, I don't put much weight on. Actually, it's just uh, you know I don't eat that much. Mm. But you know, cooking isn't that difficult. You know, when you watch these cookery programs. I just think, oh, but when you when you come down to it, it's not that difficult to do. Well, you know, got, if you've got the equipment. I've, I've got to say, you know, I do understand and I do like to appreciate good food and I do like to thank people who prepare it for me and everything. I'm quite, really quite happy with a nice bowl of soup. I, 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 I you know, yeah. se- seriously, yeah. uh, especially the, the your Heinz, especially mushroom and uh, a tomato, something like that. I love those types of things. I mean, sometimes if, for example, at night we, we might just have a cracker with a, a bit of cheese on and a bit of guacamole and um, tomato and um, cucumber. I mean, you, you know, just it's simple, but it's nice and it's effective, isn't it? Yeah, you can get a bag of mixed veg and all you do is chuck it in the microwave for two and a half minutes, take it out. Cut the bag open and pour it onto your, your your plate, and you've got mixed veg done, and and it's lovely, you know. It's it's and it's healthy, 
You see, and, and you know where it's come from. You know, you know, there's no one in the back who doesn't like you doing all sorts of your food. And I remember talking to a Bobby, and he said to me, "We were in Liverpool." He said on the night shift, him and his mate in his car, and he said I was starving. And he said we went into this um, restaurant. It was a, um, I don't know if it was a Chinese restaurant or one of them anyway. And he said you could fit. We had our uniforms on, and you could feel the hatred as we walked in. And he said, God knows what they were doing in the back to the food. And he said, I couldn't have cared less. I was so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And he said I had the curries, and I don't know what was in it. He said I dread to think. Oh, he didn't have to make me laugh. But he said, as you walked in, you could feel the air change, the hatred. You yeah, you, you do feel a bit that way, when, when you, especially when they come in mob-handed. Listen, there might be yeah. a link with this and the price of private dental checkups. So oh, yeah. is that linked to your food, do you think? Yeah. Well, a pal of mine, uh, he's 80, actually. He couldn't get... Uh, into the NHS, he couldn't get a place who would take him on, a, den a dentist to take him on under the NHS. So he decided to go private. He had a problem with it. He needed a tooth taken out of the back. And he went to a private dentist and it was a thousand pounds to get this tooth sorted out. He said the pain, and he's not, he's not a rich fella. He said the pain was so bad he said he'd have paid anything because toothache, there's nothing worse. So he, he pays out this money, he gets the job done. Last week, he went back for a checkup, just a checkup. 10 minutes, he was in there, 65 quid. Yeah. So there you go. Now, I know they've got uh, to, to pay staff and everything, but 10 minutes. 65 quid ain't bad money, is it? You know, not, not when you think all. about it, it's, you know, why? Why? It, it, there's, in fact, the, the, he said his dentist is a Spaniard. So there you go. It's your fault. Right. But, um, I mean, but private, private treatment, you know, it, it, it's horrific. I mean, to go and have, a and have a tooth out or have anything done, on the national, I think it's about thirty odd quid. You got to pay, but for for, uh, for checkups, I think checkups are, are, are pretty cheap. You know, mm -hmm. see, I pay tw I pay twenty seven pound a month to Denplan, and I go three times a year for a checkup and uh, the other thing, the um, where where they clean your teeth and do everything. Oh yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, whatever they're called, and you know that. So I, which is okay. So I don't, I don't really have any trouble with my teeth. Fortunate. I, well, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Touch wood. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, I thought 65 quid. And he said, I was in there 10 minutes. He said, that's all. Yeah. I went in. She looked at me. Yes, everything's okay. And I walked out. Six, 65 pound, please. So that's it. That, that's the state of everything now, mate. Now, Don, I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at the agenda. Yeah. And we better crack on because yeah. there's a recent item on the unbelievable conditions of miners. That's where yes. we're going next. This was, I'll do this quickly. What it was, they were showing you how the miners in the old days were treated. And if you go to a, um, Llan Beris, there's a, there's a, 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 a museum, a, a mine museum there, which shows you all this. But what they were showing was these fellas, they talk about slavery these days. This was slavery. They had kids working down the mines yeah. and, 
you know, the life expectancy, they were dying at 25 and 30 because the, the, there was no air. But they had these contracts. This was the point they were making. Um, they had to sign a contract uh, saying exactly what they've got to do. And it was like working eight to 12 hour days down the mine for very, very little money. But the contracts, they couldn't read or write. These, these miners, and he, they were showing these contracts with just a cross with where they signed. Yeah. And you think, like, it, it was absolutely horrendous. And, and it was saying that these four miners decided to rise up, you know, and sort it out, which they did. I can't remember the names. But when you look back at that, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, it was only the 1800s. And you think, like, they go on about slavery now. They don't mention that bit. That was, that was real slavery. These fellas working down a mine. I mean, imagine that. They get up in the morning. This is like this in Anglesey. They get up in the morning. You're down the mine all day. So you don't see the light of day. And you come out at night and you go to your little hovel and, and, and go to bed. You know, it's absolutely terrible. You know, we moan these days about conditions. You know, when you look at things like that, they should show it more. Yeah, so they say young people, young people should see this, you know, and, and be made very clear to them what people have had to go through. You know, it's terrible, really. I'll, I'll tell you what's yeah. going through my mind as you're speaking about this is when you come to these big uh, the places where you've got these big houses, probably Thurston, Greasby, out that yeah. way, where you've got um, people who have obviously made money because they were on the other side of the contract. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and really, I mean, there are probably families. I, I, I know that uh, certainly when you look at the outer circle of the royals, the royals, you know, you, you get many people who have been in a situation like that, who, who, who have profited over the years and uh, they sit back. And it's like I hate it when you, you, you're talked down to by somebody who obviously has never done a decent day's work or at least it would appear that way, you know, because some of the people that yeah, you meet, yeah. they, they are like that. You know, they, they, they will they will definitely talk as if they've uh, really, really been the grafters, but they haven't. They've not grafted at all. And especially out here, because, you know, they've come over with uh, a good exchange rate and inflated money from the inflation in the country in the first place. Yeah. Well, here, you know, Liverpool, the slave trade was rife. And you see houses on both sides of the river over here, massive houses, which are now flats, you yeah. know, but they've obviously been someone's house who's who's obviously in some sort of, you know, dark business, mm -hmm. which uh, probably the slave trade. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's terrible, really. I don't know how people can do it. You know, they, they must have no conscience at all. Some people, you know, when you look at it, it's terrible. And you go to the the, the, the Maritime Museum in Liverpool, break your heart. Yeah. You know, they got a slave part. It'll break your heart. It's awful. You well, know. I think I've yeah. told you, my mum was a Liverpool guide, you know, Mersey guide. And so yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was when I got my first video camera, I used to go around with her and she'd um, and be in front of the camera telling me what she'd learned about uh, various things, you know, and you're absolutely right. It's um, it's very sad when you actually think that even now, as we speak, there are some people who are basically making a fortune at the expense of others who have got no life whatsoever. So very sad. It's uh, right. they can't spend it, can they? You know, you, you can only spend so much money. 
you know, I, see, I don't need a great big car. It's all show and a great big house. What's the point? I like my own home comforts. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a big house if it was given me. Anyway, there you go. That's okay. My well, look. Um, uh, as I say, I've got one eye on the clock. We're, yeah, uh, we're looking next to Charles Darwin's birthplace. That looked really interesting from what you were saying. Yeah, this won't take long, mate. This gives you bragging rights. Uh, I was really into Charles Darwin. Uh, the, the, his, his theory of how we all we all became what we are. Um, brilliant man. And if you go to Shrewsbury, there's a Darwin walk which takes you along the banks of the river to, to different posts. This is where Charles Darwin, because he was born in Shrewsbury, this is where Charles Darwin did this, this is where Charles Darwin used to play with his friends, and this is blah, blah. And when you get to the end of this walk, it says, if you look up, you'll see Charles Darwin's house, the house he was born in. So I decided to go up there and have a look. And it's now offices, uh, council offices, half of it is. So I was looking around, I went in, the, the gate was closed, so I opened the gate and went in, you know, and some fella came out, I thought, oh, here we go, you know, Mr. J, uh, can I help you? And I said, oh, I'm just having a look at Charles Darwin's house. I said, it's, uh, you know, I'm a big, big fan of it. Oh, he says, oh, come in, if you're interested. I thought, oh, he said, in you go, and, and he says, of this side's all offices, but this side is as it was, Charles Darwin's house. And he said, what's your name? Juliet or whatever will take you upstairs. And I thought, well, there you go. There's the best offer I've had all day. That That's type it. of place, was it? <laughs> so <laughs> we went upstairs and go in this room. And she said, this is the room Charles Darwin was born in. Wow. And, and the table's still there where he was born. This is the so you're standing in the room. That's the bragging right. So when someone says, "Oh yes, it's Darwin's theory," Darwin, me and Charlie <laughs> stood in the room he was born in. Mm. But it's fantastic. If you ever go to Shrewsbury, if you ever, it's fantastic. And she tells you the story of him, you know, and very, very interesting because apparently he just he just left, he just left and went away and and did all his for five years, and and he did all his studying and and went to sea and found that we all came from the fish and wherever we came from. And then he said he just, one night he just turned up back, he walked in and sat down at the table. He said they hadn't seen him for five years. Sounds like a great character. Mm. But, you know, that's it. there's your bragging rights. I've stood in the room Charles Darwin was born in. And they say they don't advertise it because they don't want crowds of people there. So anyone that's interested, you know, they'll, they'll show around. So there you go. I've been to Irwin's. Who? <laughs> Erwin. Erwin. It used, it used to be a shop, didn't it, on the Wirral? Yeah. Erwin's, yeah. Erwin's and Woodson's. <laughs> I remember I remember going in Erwin's and they had, I don't know if you remember, that, like you put money in like a little tube and then they'd throw it and it was, it'd go on a wire, conveyed it yeah, to the right, office. Yeah. Well, I used to love that. I only went in to see them do that, really. Okay, uh, music time. So um, what we got to talk about today. So we start with the good side and then we go to the bad side. Yeah, I watched Tina Turner. Uh, it was on Tina Turner's 2000 concert. I think it was in Barcelona. Could be wrong. I only saw the last bit of it. Do you know, No, there's nobody better. She is. Nobody comes close for performing. You know, I'm not a massive fan of some of the records, but when you watch her performing yeah. and she had this line of girls behind her, 
all doing the same dance, the work that's gone into it and the band. It was just sensational. In fact, it, it makes you quite emotional, really, how good she was. Yeah. And uh, she's 82 now, apparently, so she would have been 62 on this concert. And she's giving it loads. And she goes out onto this, uh, like, arm with, with, with a, a, a platform, yeah. which takes her out. It's like a big arm into the crowd. And she's leaning over, singing to the crowd. And she runs back along the, the arm of this thing. I mean, it's only about two feet wide. I thought, God, if she fell off there, you know, she's mild. Absolutely sensational. Mm. And nothing touches it. To me, she is simply the best, as mm. she says. It's absolutely fine. If you get a chance to see that, it, it might be on again, actually. It's only on recently. Absolutely fantastic. And I can't, I can't praise her enough. Mm. And on the other end, the direct other end of the scale, the exact other end, we've got a, 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 the song of the week, worst song ever spot. You know, this is one of the worst songs ever. Now, this is interesting because it's a good band and the good arrangement of this song. All they need to do is replace the singer. That needs, that really needs doing because the singer is Morrissey and the band of the Smiths. Why they put up with him, I don't know. Because the band are quite good. You know, they, they sort of rumple along. And I think the band put a track, a track down and he goes in and just sings anything over it because it's absolute rubbish. Um, that, that's this week's, you know, worst record of the week job. OK, well, look, I'll start by looking <laughs> back to what you were saying about um, Tina Turner because I've yeah. always been a fan. Uh, I loved her music from the very early days. Obviously, everybody knows Nutbush City Limits, but uh, Ike and Tina Turner, she had a hard, hard time with oh, a really that's... rotten husband. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a film which depicted how difficult it was and of course, um, when you've come through hard times, I think then your experience and your class really does shine out, doesn't it? Like yeah. a beacon. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you see just how good she became and from the fact that her husband used her, he must have known just how good she was and what a valued asset uh, to his duo, if you like. But I mean... It wasn't really because it was only a one-sided thing, wasn't it? You know, she was doing all the work. She was obviously um, just being used by him and very, very sad. But then again, music's littered with this, isn't it? That's right. You see, but with, with music, you've got music to listen to and music to watch. You see, she is a performer of, of massive she's fantastic as a performer and the the work she puts in the shows you've got about 10 girls at the back all dressed the same all doing exactly the same dance as she's doing the work that goes into it it was just i was just watch this and i, I kept shaking my head thinking that this is just so good yeah you know and the band were fantastic and, and the guy on the guitar john miles do you remember the music? Oh, yes. Fantastic. He plays guitar with it, and he's mm. brilliant. You know, I thought it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, it, it's it's. She's not she's not too fantastic. well at the moment, is she? She's um, she's had really bad health problems. So again, 
you know, it's so, it, yeah, it, it is. She, she, I think it's something to do with cancer, I think. But, you know, whichever way, um, I, I know the last time I spotted anything, uh, she wasn't in a good state. So it'd be That'd lovely be to it. think that maybe she has recovered from uh, whatever it was. Now, I hope so. yeah. Yeah, going to Morrissey, uh, where did I first spot Morrissey? Well, when I went back to college, um, I would be probably, I think I was 36. So I used to drive up from Cornwall and then I'd go to the College of St. Mark and St. John and then we'd have the refectory. And this is where all the students used to play their music. And the Smiths, for some reason, were big with the college students. Yeah. Now, quite honestly, if it was a cat, I think it would have been put down uh, for the for the noises it was making, and you, you know, as you say, he sings out a tune. He, he's a bomb pot, um, and yet people seem to think that his music's good. Uh, it goes with sort of going to college and not knowing really how to work. I think. I think you know because basically, I don't think Morrissey's ever ever worked at anything. I think he's just. I think he he might even s um, sing in his sleep. Actually, I don't think he puts any thought into it. But um, no, hated the Smiths the minute I heard it. I don't mind the band to be honest. The band are quite good. It's just him. It's as if he's making it up as he's going along. You know, the band are okay. I've got, and I think the band put the track down and then they all go and have a pint and he, he comes in and just sings over it, sings anything over it. Well, I was in the room and I was sickened. I was sickened by your letter. You know, it's just absolute tripe. Well, this, you know. this one did surprise me because there was actually a song there and <laughs> uh, Morrissey almost, almost sings like he's singing a song. Uh, this is so what a surprise. It, it did actually sound like he was not good as a singer, but he was trying to sing. Whereas normally he sings like somebody who can't sing and doesn't try to sing. It, it's quite dis difficult to describe how bad he is. But I think to finish our podcast today, the most useful thing to do is to get you to actually um, describe or at least introduce the song. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the worst records ever made. Uh, by the worst singer ever, and it's called Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want by The Smiths featuring Morrissey. Like a good man turned back So please, please, please Let me, let me, let me Let me have who I want this time Thank you. 
would be the first time I haven't had a dream in a long time But see the life I've had Can make a good man bad So for once in my life Let me have who I want Lord knows it would be the first time Lord knows it would be the first time 